2: i'm vivian mcpeak and this is hemp present if you have feedback or would like to suggest a guest or topic for hemp present email me at hempresent@gmail.com. at gmail.com warren bobrow has been a dish The owner of the first company to make fresh pasta in South Carolina, a television engineer, and he's worked at Danceteria in New York City. He became a trained chef, which led to a 20-year career in private banking, a cannabis, wine, and travel aficionado. Warren is a former rum judge and craft spirits national brand ambassador. Today, Warren Bobrow works full-time in the cannabis business as an alchemist and journalist, But don't take my word for it. The master mixologist and cocktail whisperer is here with me today. Welcome, Warren, to Canvas Radio.
3: Hey, Vivian. It's fantastic to be here. You know, they say I have a great face for radio, so I get a chance to work on that one. (laughs)
2: Well, you know, full disclosure, we are both involved in Skunk Magazine, me as managing editor, and you as a frequent contributor. Uh, But I'm excited to learn more about you, uh, and we have something in common. I also worked as a dishwasher or purveyor of dish maintenance and cooking utensil hygiene, as we used to call it.
3: Yeah, you know, in life, I think I've started at the bottom more times than I care to admit, but uh, it it makes you a little more well-rounded.
2: Yes. Yes. Keeps us humble, man. When we, when we reach the top, right. Um, <laughs> I, I want, I want to get into your work in the cannabis realm, but first what is a mixologist and how did you become a master at the craft? What inspired you to pursue a career in alcoholic beverages? Uh,
3: probably a healthy appreciation for distilled spirits, but on a, on a craft level, as opposed to a, a you know, 20,000 case a month level. I've always, Fascinated by craft spirits, especially craft rum. After a run in with the uh, with rum down in uh, the British Virgin Islands in the, let's see, I think it was probably the 1970s, mid 1970s, I fell in love with the product and met some very interesting people. One of them was a guy named Ed Hamilton, who owns a company called Ministry of Rum, and they made me a judge of all things. And, you know, about 10 years later in life, it seems, and uh, that led to a, a thirst for distilled spirits, something I don't do anymore, because I probably pickled myself in the time that I worked in the uh, craft spirits industry. But what is a, uh, what's a mixologist? A mixologist is someone who works with flavors. Uh, I have a prior life as a chef, as a cook. Uh, I started, I uh, trained to be a saucier, so I understand a lot about what flavors go well with other ingredients, mm-hmm. with many different ingredients. Mm-hmm and it was easy for me so i had a uh had a lot of fun with it and made something of myself with someone who would uh create craft cocktails and uh it led to a uh to me, becoming a pretty much of a raving drunk.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, got to sample the wares, but, right? I mean, you got to be yeah. A you do, and
3: I yeah, yeah. And people always say that the drinks that I make were uh, the best they ever had. So I guess on that note, it allowed me to drink a little more than was uh, was humanly possible, and I was a very successful day drinker for quite a few years, adding to eighty five pounds of weight gain, which I since lost.
2: Um, you've published six books on mixology and written articles for Savoir Magazine, Voda Magazine, Forbes Magazine, Whole Foods Dark Rye right, Distiller, Beverage Media, Drink Up New York, and many other periodicals. You've also written for SoFab Magazine at the Southern Food and Beverage Museum, and you've crafted restaurant reviews for New Jersey Monthly. If our listeners were to go and to research all of those articles, what kind of things would they see you writing about?
3: Uh, they would they would see me writing about cannabis now because I quit drinking in uh, July of 2018. Well, essentially, I quit drinking distilled spirits in July of 2018 while I was down at Tales of the Cocktail in New Orleans, which was, a, it seemed like a great place to learn how to drink like a pro, and it seemed like a great place to quit drinking like a pro. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I think it, it led to a, to a healthy understanding of what the cannabis industry is because... Uh, I've been familiar with the plant pretty much since I was 12 years old and I'm approaching my 61st year. So uh, it's not just that every day that you can make a pivot in your life, but this is one based on health and the things that I'm working on right now equate very much, very clearly to me, my passion for, uh, for treating myself a little nicer or trying to. Well,
2: you know, I, I'll be honest with you. The last time I had a drink of alcohol was election night, 2008. Um, And it was it was probably 10 years before that as as well. Um, But 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 you just segue me me into my next question. You referred to yourself as a cannabis alchemist working on the periphery of the known and unknown universe between craft spirits and the cannabis industry. You developed the world's first cannabis live resin emulsion libation for sale in the California unregulated marketplace uh, named Klaus. Your Klaus drink available on the open market, I believe, incorporates THC and is a craft mocktail in the ready-to-drink, craft-made-with-live-resin THC mocktail market. Uh, Just days ago, Klaus made it into Forbes magazine. Uh, So first off, what is the live-resin THC mocktail market? In fact, what is a live-resin THC mocktail?
3: Yeah, you know, I, I I wanted to discuss that a little bit. We were initially going to be doing a live resin, and a lot of the uh, marketing that we had done at the in the initial stages were based on working with. Uh, Let's see. It, it, we were going to use Gelonade and Gelonade is not available on a wholesale basis anymore. Okay. Connected cannabis. you know, it, it, it's, a, they're only doing re they're only doing retail. They're not doing wholesale and Gelonade was not available to us. So a lot of our early marketing involves this live resin. Got
2: uh, it. Got it. So my, my, we, my what, research what is a little
3: outdated. Yeah, no, it's, it, it's something we really haven't, haven't discussed because we went with a different strain and it's, it's a full plant extraction as opposed to a distillate live resin, which, you know, people were asking immediately, oh, how do you do your extraction? And is it butane? And is it pressure? Is it what? And you know what? It's none of those things because it's, uh, we're, using a, we're doing a completely different process and it's, it's based on the whole, fl- you know, whole flower it's not anything to do with uh with bad things that we shouldn't be working with anyway um and we had health in mind and you know we're only 16 calories and less than 0.6 of a gram of uh of sugar and it's it's really not a uh it's not a seltzer so you know, it's not like opening up a can of Pabst and saying, gosh, it doesn't taste like beer and you know, it's not seltzer either, but, uh, but that's how people are are marketing things these days. So we're not marketing like seltzer because it's not seltzer and it's, it's really a ready to drink craft mocktail that just happens to have a very fast acting, uh, component, which is the, uh, 10 milligrams of, of THC. I was almost going to say live resin, but no, it's not live resin, not, and not, not at all. It's the, uh, it's, it's really very, very unique what, what we're doing because we're, what we've achieved was creating a product that's terpene forward. And I would dare you to say that there, there are too, not too many products out there on the market that actually taste and smell like cannabis. Some of them smell like fruit punch, other of them smell like honey, other of them smell like herbs and spices, but there are very few, if, if any, that smell and taste like cannabis along with the other three ingredients that I have. So we're not industrialized like everyone else. You know, we're not using, you know, making uh, 15 or 20 or 30,000 cans either. You make 5000 so you can use actual bartending ingredients that have been vetted perfectly. I mean, you don't you don't use anything to make a cannabis beverage these days that that they haven't checked out both ways from uh, from the center line. So it's, uh, there were a lot of setbacks initially in finding the, the right ingredients that passed all the tests, but we were able to do it and do it in a way that, uh, that had health in mind.
2: So just for the record, this is an active cannabis drink, right? You can get a buzz from
0: drinking.
3: Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's 10 milligrams of, uh, of the emulsion from uh, a company called Vertosa. It's a THC emulsion. It's, there's no CBD in it. It's not any snake oil. You know, medications that are meant to heal you of all the problems that you've ever imagined in your lifetime, and then some. So it's not like that. It's a recreational product, and it hits in like five minutes. I mean, that's the perfect thing. It's eight ounces. Um, what else can I tell you? Uh, I, You know, on Brand the Can, I say Klaus makes delicious cannabis-infused beverages with the best ingredients. And that's where, what where I've can done. People, I where best, can people find your...
2: Where can people hmm. get their hands on? Oh my cans you know, of I, this
3: is this is the most challenging part of my being a CEO of a company is finding dispensaries that are interested in, in purchasing for their stores my product. I mean. How many more magazines do i need to get into over the nice. years to, to, to be able to say that really it's something that com- that's completely different it's absolutely delicious and quite frankly it's the best drink you've ever had but i can't always say that i'm not always available to say that so w- what i'm saying is you can go to soulful in uh, sebastopol coming up towards the uh, end of february we're moving into that beautiful dispensary which reminds me of, of some of the dispensaries that i've been to in amsterdam um, we're also going to be going to Tory Holistics down in San Diego. We don't have a firm date yet, but I believe it's close to the end of, uh, of February as well. Currently we're at the vault in Cathedral City, which has a marvelous consumption lounge. So you can purchase a can of Klaus and, and crack it open and it's, you know, nicely cool and you can relax in their chilled atmosphere. And it's, it's a lot of fun uh i have no one else so what I'm people need, to, have people need to do is they need to,
2: <laughs> what people need to do by the way you've been getting great coverage man i've seen uh quite a few articles on 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 klaus what people really need to do is they need to go into their rec store uh aka and dispensary and to say ask. hey yeah, man they need to ask. you need to you need to stock this place with some klaus drinks yeah right
3: well we well that's you know in a perfect world that would be something that i would love to have happen because we have good you know, good distributorship all across the state, from top to bottom. I believe we're covering all the way up into Humboldt and all the way down to San Diego. So I you know, I, I hope that we get into Planet thirteen. They they asked to see our stuff and that would be really great because I think there's like fifty eight registers and at fifty eight registers, there's fifty eight supplies of everything that they sell. So the client or the guest doesn't have to leave where they are to find someone to pay for something it's it's really brilliant and i would love to be in their their place but uh you know time will tell
2: so um we got to go to break here in in seconds uh but uh what we really need to do is we need to change the federal law so that you can have national distribution right
3: you know i i I can't clone myself at this point as much as I would like to. I mean, I would, I would love to be in New York state. I think that there's probably inklings that we can do a, uh, something maybe in New York, maybe in Massachusetts. You know, everyone has their rules. And, and when you talk about bringing a product to another state, you have to talk also about reformulation, and that's very expensive. So, yeah, but you're going to build,
2: you're gonna build takes, up to this, right, because you're creating a empire
3: uh you know I, I have a very funny story to tell about i, let's, I gotta i gotta go rope, to break I have we have to go to break uh
2: warren so let's do that right around the other side of the break
3: excellent all Good, right we're gonna great.
2: go to a break and come back with our, our second segment don't go anywhere
3: time to roll out for the people that let us have present hang loose we're coming right back
2: we're back with warren Bobrow. uh warren you uh you had a story to tell us man uh what's the deets
3: Oh yeah, you know, you're talking about hemp and the, you know, the world would have never been invented. And just
0: What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify?
3: As quickly as it was, if it wasn't for hemp, and why is that? Because hemp was used to make the ropes that pulled up the sails. Certainly, the technology was in place, you know, in the, the 1500s to uh, to make sails, but to lift the sails up and down took a technology called hemp. So you had to harness that technology and create rope from from a plant, a plant that that probably was smoked alongside tobacco. So it leads me to believe that the early pirates were not smoking tobacco in their pipes because the tobacco would have been too expensive. They probably were smoking hemp or, you know, ditchweed, which was also used to weave rope, which eventually would pull the sails up and allow discovery of the new world.
2: Well, yeah, and well, and, 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 and when, when Columbus <laughs> came over, you know, on the, the, the Santa Maria and all, and all those ships, uh, not only did they have big canisters of hemp seeds, because once they got to where they're going, they needed to grow hemp so they could uh, make, you know, replace their ropes uh, and sails right. and, and stuff like that. Um, but they're also pressing it for oil. And if they got starving, they could eat the hemp seeds and survive. Uh, I That's mean, right. you know, I mean, it's Hempstree, and it's it's huge. And speaking of of there's there's more to the uh, Klaus phenomenon. Your Klaus drink is actually named after or inspired by your 1850s German drinking gnome Klaus. Is that right?
3: Yes, uh, yes, that is exactly tell us, right. Tell us more. Oh my gosh, I've I've had I've had him since the uh, early 1990s when I had lived in a much different circumstance but I was starting to travel and write about food as more than just a metaphor, but it was a career for me. And uh, someone who was helping me with my uh, roses at the time, I had a rose garden that it was completely unruly and it was nothing I could do with it. Uh, Someone, my friend Heather came over and was able to help me with it. And she knew I was getting into the liquor industry and she just happened to have in her collection of things that she inherited from her father, who was a local doctor here in New Jersey, uh, a collection of German gnomes. And the one that she felt that would complement my new lifestyle was a little German drinking gnome that I named Klaus. And I've traveled all over the world with him. Uh, When I worked in the rum business as the master mixologist for a Russian company called Marussia, I was able to make drinks all over the place uh, you know rum drinks or whatever type of drinks i wanted to make and uh, and uh, klaus always came with me. so he's been photographed quite extensively all over the world so he was famous before i was
2: <laughs> back, back to the drink klaus um you know you're a mad yeah, scientist yeah. you're a mad scientist a and, mad scientist and, yeah and you have That's been you, know, in, yeah. you have been in 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 your you know laboratory uh, yeah, yeah. you know your post mixologist life here uh, figuring out how to make this drink without revealing any confidential proprietary info. Uh, what's the process by which to infuse THC into a drinking beverage? And from, from where do you source your THC? Is it from America?
3: Uh, oh yeah. I mean, I, I'm all about outdoor grown, organic, uh, Northern California, Mendocino, California. You know, I love terroir. Nice. I'm all about you know, the taste of the place. So uh, that's something that's extremely important to me. And it, it goes back to my early lessons of, watching my then hippie uncle grow weed up on, on, on our farm named Valley View in Morristown, New Jersey in the 1960s. So I've been surrounded and it's certified organic and biodynamic, by the way. So um, I've been surrounded by growth and growing for a lot longer than most people have been around and i just hide my age well so it's a so so the method that i love to use is is something that i i didn't have when i wrote my book cannabis cocktails mocktails and tonics i used a double boiler and i used my toaster oven or when i was in a pinch and i had an electric oven i used the electric oven to decarb which is totally flawed because the electric oven as i learned uh fluctuates in temperature as much as 50 degrees, giving you completely flawed decarbs, and a toaster oven wasn't much better. And then I realized stuff really stinks when you heat it up, so I was living in an apartment building, and all my neighbors immediately knew my business, so it was a, it was a problem. Um, I, around that time, around I think it was about 2016, I met uh, Chanel Lindsay, who owns the company Arden, and we spoke at uh, South by Southwest on... Uh, you know, disrupting the cannabis industry essentially, and and we and she did that by creating her all-in-one decarb decarb machine called the Arden, and I took that machine and I used it to infuse craft spirits with THC and make these wildly powerful uh, beverage concoctions. I'm doing one right now.
1: Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app.
3: Herb liqueur from France that's made up of 130 different botanicals and the bet- one botanical they don't have is cannabis. But I introduced cannabis into the mix and I aged the stuff for like six months and it's just, you know, it's incredible. So it's one of those mad scientist things that uh, creates the word alchemy and it's it is truly changing straw into gold because if you can take a spirit which is 50 bucks and turn into something which is, which has 2,800 milligrams of THC in it. You know, people
2: want to buy that. So you, you have, if my research is correct, uh, you have six books. I think that you've written apothecary yeah, apothecary yeah, cocktails, yeah. whiskey cocktails, bitters and shrub syrup cocktails, yep. cannabis cocktails, uh, the craft cocktail compendium on and on. Uh, are, are, should we look for more books? Uh, and, and I think that you do have one, Cannabis Cocktails, out, right? Are you, you plan to write more? Uh- uh, just
3: the one. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I was talking to uh, Jamie Evans the other day, who's my good friend, who has uh, herbacy, which you should take a look at. She's doing a, 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 a THC-infused French rosé wine, which is just brilliant. I love, love helping her and talking about her stuff. And and initially she came to me and asked me if I knew anyone in the publishing business and I introduced her to my publisher and she's written two books for them so far. And so we were talking about possibly doing a book together, but you know, writing a book is is something you better not have too many other things going on because the publisher that we work for, uh, you know, Cordo Fairwinds press, from the moment that they approve it you literally have 30 days to write the damn book and it's 160,000 words and if you can't get it done in 30 days they don't want you so uh, you know you have to be able to put everything else aside and essentially say I'm going to be a writer for thir- for 30 days and produce 160,000 words and make sure it's ready to be edited without any mistakes and because they don't have the time to fix your shit. So, you know, you really have to have your chops and it's not that that type of writing is not for everyone. And the other problem with that type of writing is you can't have other things going on, like running a business. So I'm not so uh, ready to, to jump into writing another book right now. As much as you know, that's, say, that's, that's, weird oh, yeah, it'd be lovely, but.
2: <laughs> that's weird because I have a book out called protestable. Uh, in fact, I, I'll get you a copy of it. Um, and i was given 30 days to write that book as well and it was uh-huh. right before the seattle hemp fest man and uh man it was, yeah, yeah. i was i was a nightmare to be around uh-huh. uh during that time um and, and speaking of editing uh, let's talk about uh we have 1 minute till the next break let's let's talk about your work with skunk magazine what kind of content can skunk readers expect to enjoy uh reading your contributions i'm i'm asking for a lot of friends <laughs> cuz i already uh, you know, know
3: i i am i am absolutely Thrilled to write for Skunk Magazine. I have I have interviews with people from all different parts of the of the cannabis industry. I try to focus on flour. I'm writing a little piece right now on uh, Sackville and Company. They are doing two different infused uh, with terpene uh, pre, you know all flower pre rolls. So I'm doing some tasting notes and being blissfully stoned all day while writing it. It's just the kind of stuff that I can only dream about doing because I have such a passion for writing, but I don't always have the time to do it. And it's such a pleasure for me to see my work in, in print, you know, on the internet, and to be able to share it with others and to really do what I love. I can't thank you enough. I mean, it's, it, it, it may it may well be my favorite job because it's a job that keeps on giving for me. So. Well,
2: and, and, and people, let's give a quick plug, people can go to skunkmagazine.com. Uh, and your stuff. And there's also there's an author uh, section and you can just click on Warren's name, Warren Bobrow, uh, and see all of his articles at skunk uh, dot com. We're going to take another quick break and come back with our last questions uh, for the the cocktail, the cannabis cocktail whisperer. Don't go anywhere.
3: <laughs> Time to roll out for the people that let us present. Hang loose. We're coming right back.
2: And we are back on hemp present with the Warrenator uh, the uh, the creator of Klaus. Uh, so this has been a fascinating discussion, man. Uh, I just, you know, I love everything that you're about, my brother. Uh, we still have a few minutes to talk. Is there anything that we haven't covered or anything you'd to, to leave our listeners with?
3: Yeah, I really want to just tell you that uh, that I try to do things simple because I've spent a lot of time behind the stick, behind a bar, and Klaus only has three ingredients. It's uh, the this wonderful... Extra hot and spicy ginger syrup from Tickets out in uh, Denver, Colorado. I couldn't have done it without them. And of course, of course, the Le Boiron uh fruit purees from France. I couldn't have done it without them. Um, that's really it. You know, there's a secret ingredient in there, but it's on the ingredients list. Uh, what else do you need to know? It's all good. Drinkclouds.com with two K's. Visit us, and our Instagram is also uh, drinkclass. It's wonderful, marvelous stuff. John Mavis a star cheers
2: so you smoke herb as well
3: oh my god you're, you're <laughs> i have glaucoma so i have to smoke
2: <laughs> you're the puffinator right um
3: so yeah you, but i don't dab because it makes me throw up so
2: yeah yeah well uh, dab dab nugget that's crazy um yeah,
3: that's tough, so that's you're, you're down
2: there in the in the cannabis bread basket right uh you're, you're based in northern california is that right
3: Oh, my gosh. I'm based in Morristown, New Jersey. Um, I'm, oh, you're in New Jersey the capital now. Capital of the world. I've always been here. I, I travel all over, though. I, I'm one of those people that love to travel.
2: Okay. Okay. Great. Awesome. Uh, what, what what strains are you smoking these days, man? I mean, are you...
3: Uh, a green Bodie. Green Bodie. John, John is a, quite a talented grower, and uh, somehow things... Carrier pigeon their way into my my existence. Um, I love the Alblantos. Their gas land is wonderful. Um, I've been doing a whole lot of things uh, about you know canagars. I love canagars and ganjerillos. You know, yeah, you've
2: been writing about canagars, right? What what is a canagar yeah. quickly?
3: A, a canagar is is. I I want to make more money so I can go out and buy them. <laughs> Um, they're a uh, collaboration of flavors and of quality of ingredients, and they're meant to get you pretty, pretty ricesly juiced. Um, and the, and I also wanted to say, you know,
2: cannabis cigars. They're,
3: right. Yeah, they're cannabis cigars. Sometimes illegally, I would say. I wouldn't say they're. It's legal. They're wrapped in tobacco. So you can't, you know, the California market doesn't permit that. So there's another okay. market that does permit that. Well, God and then of course the ones the that are right, <laughs> and then of course the ones that are permitted come with like a hemp shell on them, and they're really incredible as well.
2: Well, you know, uh, Warren Bobrow from DrinkCloss.com. Thanks so much for being on the show, my brother. It's been a pleasure.
3: I mean, the, an honor on my part, really you're one of my right.
2: heroes worked so hard <laughs> right back at you bro that concludes this installment of on cannabis radio when it comes to prohibition you've got the right not to remain silent activism requires a voice find your voice and speak up for justice people because resistance is fertile see you next week stay strong marijuana
3: The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.
2: When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the
1: first time